Hi, my name is Yasmin, and welcome to Heart to Heart, a podcast by my mission-driven enterprise, Pause. Healing, mindfulness, and awareness lie at the core of what we do. In this podcast, I sit down with compassionate individuals to discuss mindful, loving, and reflective ways to help you live a healthier life while improving your relationships. Pause is paving a new pathway to cultivate self-awareness for individuals to embody their highest potential through love. Take a deep breath. So today we have Hira with us and um, she'll explain what she does. Um, But, you know, I'm just really excited to have Hira here today because I have been an admirer of her work. I love, you know, the fact that she works with the brain. Um, You know, that is a big, big thing here at PAUSE. Um, You know, we, we really want to learn today how the brain impacts our mental health or how we can work with the brain to improve our mental health. And I think Hira is the perfect person to tell us about this today. So hi, Hira. Hello. Thanks for having me today. You're (laughs) welcome. My pleasure. So Hira, can you just tell us a little bit about what you do? You know, before before we started this call, um, you explained to me already about the things that you do at work on a day-to-day basis. You work with athletes, you work with just individuals who need a bit of um, assistance and support with their brains. So can you just, you know, walk us through that a little bit just briefly? Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so as you have already um, briefed all of them about what I use, about what um, about what I do. So basically, I specialize in um, brain injuries and trying to get them, um, you know, like to get their brains back to being all healthy again. Um, because I mean, like different different doctors would definitely say that the parts of the body that they are actually working at is very important. But to be honest, like I, I mean, I might be biased, but brain is actually one of the most important um, organ of our body because it literally controls every single part of our body. It's like, which is why it's probably at the top of, you know, like our body because like it like controls every single part of um, our organs, how we walk, how we think. So everything starts with the brain. So which is why um, I am like very, very interested in learning and like continuously learning about the brain. Um, and it's very important as well because um, I also, I mostly work with um, patients with not just brain injuries, um, like, you know, like athletes, they, they would get like a lot of brain injuries from their, like, from their sports, especially contact sports, um, like football. And football has been really, I mean, it's, it's an important sport here in the UK. So it's very, I mean, it's very sad to see like a lot of young patients these days um, who who comes into the clinic with like dementia, like early onset of dementia. And there's like, um, we have at least about 60% um, of them in the clinic right now. So that's actually more more than like the older adults. Like we always Mm. think that, you know, when you you have like dementia, it's only... it's only meant for like the older adults, like your grandparents, mm. for example. But no, that's like not the reality. The reality is that we have a lot of patients from the age of 30 to 45, um, which makes up the 60% in the clinic right now, who's actually suffering from dementia. So basically, um, and I, I, I do get a lot of patients as well that being sent to me, not just like from brain injury or anything like that, but there are so many of um, 
them who actually come from the psychiatry clinics as well. So which is why I think um, I always tend to work together with like mental health and also, you know, like brain health. It goes well, so well together. Like it's correlated. Um, and people always ask me like, hey, if someone has mental illness, like um, do like, are they prone to getting like brain injury or brain damage? So I always tell them like it is very um like they are actually prone to getting brain damage because it changes like a lot of your brain structure as well. Um and then I think um it's important for me to also talk about like how you know like mental health actually really starts. Mm. Um it's you know like we something that it actually happens to almost like all of us mm. so it always starts with us like feeling stress so stress is actually like the biggest factor to affecting um your mental health but stress. i mean like yeah stress so mm. i mean we, you you've heard about it like there are so many cases um especially like as we, we live in a busy, you know, like in a busy city, everyone's like having a burnout, mm-hmm. threat, uh, with work, with school. It's it's just like so much pressure, like so much things could be going on. Especially Absolutely. that uh, living in in a pandemic. So yeah, that that's even that, yeah. like that's even more, you know, like horrifying because like stress is getting even um, worse yeah. in in this um in this the past few years at least yeah but um I mean I would say that you know like stress isn't always like a bad thing um like it can also you know like in the good ways is it can give you like a burst of energy like especially um if you are competing in the in sports so when you feel stress sometimes like the chemical right inside that your brain literally like push you to work even harder yeah or sometimes you know like when you have to speak in public I mean that's fine like it, it literally you know like the stress actually helps you um to push you to do even better but if it keeps going on like if you are not addressing stress um that that well it can actually change your brain so like um, if you have friends who suffers from like chronic stress, like you know, like they being overworked, or even like if you know friends who are having you know like having arguments at home, mm. so that's actually an alarming sign. Which I think you need if you notice that in your friends, you need to quickly um address it or actually help them um you know help them a little bit more as much as you can before that it gets worse because um we've with like ongoing stress of course like it gets worse and then by getting yeah. worse it can also affect your brain the brain size the structure and how it functions you know like so everything changes like right down to your uh, genetics as well yeah so wow oh yeah so i i really think that you know uh, we need to properly address like uh, like stress is actually a very important thing in our life, which I'm sure um we all know, like you know, like it can actually affect us. Yeah, you know what, here I feel like um even though people are aware that stress is something that is um that can impact your your health Mm -hmm. there is this culture of um burnout and people wear it like a badge of honor people Mm -hmm. think that the busier they are the better exactly and so that is yeah they might know that it is um, not good for them and that mm-hmm. that it might lead to more disease but I as you said science shows and has proven that indeed when we don't check in with ourselves and we are stressed out yeah it can lead to us you know 
just issues with more issues um, with our health and, and our wellness. And, you know, when you talked about um, stress and mm. how it can impact our brain, I remembered a concept that you mentioned right before this, this um, call started. You mentioned neuroplasticity and how that is something related and how that means our brain can change with effort, with work, with a bit of, um, I know with mindfulness as well, which is I know something that you also promote in your work. You also advocate mindfulness and I love that so much. Um, so can you walk us through what, can you tell you know, everyone listening, what is neuroplasticity and try, you know, try to try to break it down into words that people can understand because it's so important. And I learned about neuroplasticity a couple months ago and I found it so mind-blowing. And so can you please walk us through it and how we can kind of um, use this idea of neuroplasticity to improve our mental health? Okay. Um. Well, I'll, I'll try my very best to actually um, simplify it. But we all know that basically like our brain is plastic. It can be moved. Um, yeah. Again, that, that's like the best way to actually um, explain it. Yeah. And basically like our our brain is, um, it's not, you know, like, it's not just there. Like, you know how people would say, or if we, if we tell someone something and, they like to say like, no, you know what? Like this is me, it is what it is. Yes. But but no. Yeah. So it's basically no, like, no, that's not you. Yes. Um like there's something is affecting you to becoming like that. Yes. Um, so for example, like um, for example, you know this person, okay, she's um, you know her as a very like a kind person, very friendly. And then at some point, um, things happen. So maybe, you know, like um, she, she might be suffering from some stressful situations um, in her life. Mm. Then like alters her brain um, into becoming someone else that she's not. And she's not even aware of that, of, of that changes. But people around her actually notice that. And, you know, like, sometimes you, you tell her, like, like, hey, like, this is not you. Um, is, it's, um, is there something wrong? Like, is there something that you want to talk to us about? Because, like, you're not being yourself. Um, and this is actually um, a real life situation where I do um, see patients like this as well, where they are not aware of their like personality change. Mm. And so even then they'll be like, they'll get very defensive and say like, like, no, nothing's wrong with me. Like, this is my brain. Like, you know, like, like it again, I think this is like my favorite phrase ever. It's like, it is what it is. Like, yeah. You have to accept it. Like, um, this is myself. Um, whether you like it or not, you just have to accept it. Which is not nice because, like, the only people who truly knows you deep down is the people who loves you, your friends, your family. They know you inside and out. But when someone suffers from mental illness, they are not. They are actually not aware of that, mm. or at least like. Um, almost like half of them are not aware of the changes. They became someone else they are, that they are not. So again, uh, so basically like again, uh, with what I've said so far with all this personality change, it's all related to like neuroplasticity. Your brain is constantly changing. And even there are some things that is not within, um, you know, like, it's not within our control, but at the same time, the good news is that we can control it with something like, um, you know, like basically therapy and all of that. It can actually change our habits or the way we think, the way we behave, how we feel about things. So that's the that's what I love about our brain is that it constantly able to adapt to changes. So we need to um, constantly like work hard to make sure that 
we work really hard to improve our brain health constantly. Um, like again, I think this this whole call, I would just like keep talking about how actually mental illness is as you know like is as very important and critical as it is with physical health um, disorders. Like people always talk about like um, heart disease, and even if we think about like you know like heart disease, it's I mean, just think about it. Like it used to be like the biggest like killer mm-hmm. uh, with people like constantly, you know, like going um, to the hospital. It's like one of the highest uh, mortality rate almost like all over the world. But right now, if you actually um, like, if you actually manage to go to the emergency room, like if you have any symptoms or whatever chances are like at least about 30 to 40 percent of them will leave the emergency room without any disabilities because um, as scientists and researchers we are constantly working hard to um, to make sure that we, we give patients and people like the best treatment possible so it's the same thing um, as mental health as well. I mean, it's really hard to, to say. Um, I mean, early detection is always like the best. It, it doesn't matter like what kind of um, diseases that one, one is prone to have, but early detection always um, helps in early treatment, early intervention, like, you know, you can shorten um, the recovery process. So, yeah. but it's really tricky for mental health because um, most, at least most of the patients only seek help when they have like a full meltdown already, yeah. which yeah. means that's not an early detection. That's already like in a process where, like a very critical process, they're already... Um, like suffering for yeah. more than just emotional damage. Yeah. Because it probably has like affected their brain in a way. Yeah. And basically like any mental illness at all, if you don't treat it um early, basically your like I think I mentioned just now about how it changes like your brain size. Like it can shrink. Mm-hmm very scary um especially with patients with depression so mm. like the the brain structure actually changes and it shrinks so when it shrinks of course like you know it can't function as well as a healthy brain would so that actually affects them in many many ways um and yeah so basically early detection is important, but I know it's hard, but which is why um, in my, well, it's not exactly in my line of job, but I'm doing my own personal, uh, personal project where I'm trying to, you know, like get mindfulness into, you know, um, treating brain injuries as well. Yeah. Or, or basically like mental illness or anything like that, because um, it doesn't matter like what, disorders um, a person might have whether it's like physical or like mental illness at the end of the day um, let's say if you have like um, like any you know like behavior disorders if you don't get it treated as soon as possible you it might also affect you physically Mm. so like your blood pressure will get high and then that's when you get like heart disease and all of that and if you have like um disorders such as like cancer or you know like heart disease um if you know like if you're not taking good care of yourself like at some point you will also get mental health um, issues from that so it's all related in a way um and we make sure that you know like we we need to understand that these two things are correlated and it's important for us to actually address it. So, yeah. 
I love that you mentioned that. <laughs> I love that, you know, it's something that is um, a lot of people are not told enough, right? Mm. That um, that mental health is just as important as your um, as your diet, as your jogging, as your yeah. you know, and things and things like that. And um, it's it's still and you can you can see it from just you know how people talk on day to day basis, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about um, you know at a at a macro level, we see how governments, um, at least in 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 this country, um, you know, there's not enough enough emphasis on mental health, not enough services for mental health. Um, I think um, there's only one. Um, clinic that serves uh, Malaysians when it comes to mental health out of I think a thousand plus clinics um, pub- government clinics in in the country so you can see at a macro level where the where the focus is and it's not on mental health um, but at a micro level you know I think on a day-to-day basis how we speak to each other how we treat each other how we treat ourselves um, we see we don't put too much emphasis on that either there's not enough conversation I think happening around um, around that how our daily experiences can either improve or worsen our mental health mm-hmm. and um, so you know on that what can you tell us about you know some of the things that we can do on a day-to-day basis that can improve our brain health okay um day-to-day basis Improve brain health, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, how do we, how do we <laughs> make our brain like a bit healthier? And, you know, maybe it's um, being kinder to ourselves, for example, you know? So mm-hmm. what kinds of things at a very micro level? So not about, we're not talking about sports. We're not talking about exercise. Things that, yeah, what exercises, what brain exercises, in a sense, like can we do um, to improve our mental health okay um man i mean to improve mental health definitely which something that um people i mean some of some of us enjoy doing this which is like meditation you've heard about that like a lot um but not everyone enjoys it because you know they can't sit still um or you know like something um yeah some in that direction but i would say that um you could do at least if you can't stay for 10 minutes five minutes um is also enough or even like three minutes that's that's already like good enough for you to just um at some point of your life every day to to have like stillness uh, before you start going up there into the busy world. I mean, unless, of course, if you're lucky and you live in an island. So, yeah. <laughs> I love amazing. that so much. No. I think <laughs> that's amazing. That you, know, you just see the, like, you see the sea, the ocean, yeah. and then you hear the waves. Oh, my God, that would be strong. But you know, I think most of us, like also like most of your audience, probably you know, like live in a big city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have twenty four hours every day, mm-hmm. and we just need that three to five minutes of our time. Like like even like one minute is good enough for us to yeah. to just like sit and be with ourselves. And I and I don't even mean like listening to music. Like we need complete silence. To just not think about anything. Yeah. It's very hard. Like it's very yeah. challenging um, yeah. to not think about anything at all. Yeah. It takes a lot of habit. Again, this is neuroplasticity. <laughs> which is <laughs> what we want to hear about. Which is what we want to yeah. hear about. Um, but you just have to force yourself to start. It's it's always hard to start a new um a new routine or anything new in our life at all but you just need to take that step to do it and then eventually you know like you'll get used to it so you just 
I mean, if you haven't tried anything, um, like you, if you haven't tried like sitting down for one or two minutes, just not think about anything. Of course, it can be really scary because we are so consistently around noises, around, you know, like sights and everything else. So to be in complete silence, it can scare so many of us, um, but it's actually really important. And I think that's what like meditation actually helps um, for us to fully, you know, like spend time with yourself instead of worrying about anything else. Because if you, I mean, we only, this is your life and you only have yourself right now. The yeah. only person that you can truly and fully rely on is yourself. Yes. So you don't take care of it. Um, no one else actually would. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've, um, I've heard and I also learned a lot about how, um, especially, I don't know whether you've heard about this phrase that um, about like, no, actually, I forgot the phrase. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, there you go. That's me. Um, <laughs> there's something about like how, you know, like how you treat others. Yeah. Um, it's also as important as how you treat yourself. Yes. So, um, if you, if you, not treating yourself like kindly yeah there's no way that people will be able to do the same for you as well so it's it's actually very true and i know um how i mean i i do have like some people like be patients or like just people in general around me who's very skeptical about self-care or like even like self-love because um they might they might just say like oh you know like this is just like a trend yeah it's like a trend that people like talking about the influencers are talking about it. it's yes. just really crap but it's not crap like yeah I mean it's it's really helpful and I mean I I have to say that um like it helps us in so many ways um because that's the only way for you to fully understand yourself yeah and if you notice like you, you know if you if you notice certain things that's not going right in your life you can't be harsh on yourself either because you yeah. know that why are you doing this to yourself like this is this is you this is your body and the only person who can actually change it is you. So if you're not kind to yourself or if you don't love yourself, like, you know, like no one else can actually help us. So that's yeah. like the few things that we can actually do to first um, address all these problems before it gets worse. Of course, like, you know, if let's say, for example, if my if some of my patients like they already have uh, like some behavior disorders or like mental yeah. disorder like towards maybe like the critical stage it's of course harder to tell them like oh you need self-love or you need yes you know, correct yeah. it's really um really hard uh for us to do because they need like much more like we need to work harder to help them because at that point of time, their like their brain has already changed um, yes. a lot. So which means that they they are unable to even think for themselves. Correct. But for us, um, let's say like like how we've mentioned, we've talked about like towards um like during the first part of of this talk about how stress is actually very important. Yeah. So if you if you are aware that you are stressed, that's when um we need to do something about it as quickly as possible. Like that, what you say, like you can't wear it as a badge of honor. Yeah. Like no one, like no, like what um, no one cares about how, like how long you've worked, like how much you've worked. Like no one really cares about that. That's a harsh truth. But you need you need to learn that 
those are already signs of like mental illness. Like for you to actually think that that's normal. Mm. So that's it's not normal. So so it's best to help yourself like as much as you can before it gets worse. So I'm I'm really not thinking of I mean not talking about like how I mean it is important like most of the mental health patients, especially like um those with chronic um illnesses, they you know like most of it ends with with suicide. So that's a very sensitive um issue, but we all know that it's actually um it's been going on and one of the most common deaths like all over the world, not just in Asia, not just in Europe, not just in anywhere at all. But if you research about that, it's one of the highest um, cause of death. So uh, what, I mean, what is the highest cause of death? Sorry. Suicide. From oh, suicide. yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, um, and the facts like mostly like, from the age of 15 to 30. So, yeah, so it's actually more, even like, even more than like a traffic, um, like a traffic accident or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, and at least 90% of suicides are related to mental illness. So yeah. it can be like from depression, yeah. from, you know, like bipolar, schizophrenia. Yeah. Basically, anything like um even borderline personality so yeah. so it is a very um serious issues as well um so besides besides that it can again like what i mentioned earlier on like if you don't get it treated you might get even um other physical like physical disorders, especially like heart disease, which is why um, even sometimes, you know, we we always try to help patients with like heart disease to um we give them some some sort of like um uh, ter- like behavior therapy as well. Yeah. Yeah. Help them you know think better get more calm because if they're not calm if they're anxious if they're stressed if they you know if they are not feeling um good then their heart their blood pressure will get really high which then affect um their current condition so yeah so yeah um yeah I love how you talk about daily care a lot like Mm -hmm. you know it's not about like um like you said, people tend to only seek mental health um, help when they are already at that point where they are just breaking down. And so I know that through your work and through your advocacy, when it comes to mental health, you talk a lot Mm -hmm. about, you know, daily care. Like how can you detect that you are feeling more stressed out than usual? How can Mm -hmm. you kind of take a pause and come back to your good feelings or rather um, not let things get too carried away not let things get really really bad and I just want to go back to what you said about you know self-love is definitely not a trend but people um, think it's some kind of like spiritual woo-woo a spiritual woo-woo idea but I personally have um, benefited a lot from developing like deep self-love and self-compassion. You know, there was this time in high school and this relates to what you said about personality change. Uh, There was a time in high school when my teachers um, would call my parents and say, Yasmin is, you know, a bit different these days. She's spacing out a lot. (laughs) And it is very essential to notice changes in you and changes in your friends or your loved ones. And to, yeah, it's not... When that happens? Come again? You know, when you're... 
when your teacher actually calls your parents, were you actually aware of that? I aware of the spacing out. Okay. Yeah, no, I so I was in high school mm. and um when my I think it was like a parent teacher um you know one of your report card days and so my parents told me that my teacher said to them that I've been spacing out in class mm. and um, I was not aware I was spacing out I was like you said you know you don't notice these things and I was completely unaware I just realized that um I, I'd be in class and I would just kind of you know be in my own head um but I would never uh you know, looking back, I could not have noticed that I was doing that. So, you know, so right, so now I just want to ask you, can you speak a bit on trauma? Like, how does trauma impact us and our brain? And how, how, what is this magic when it comes to trauma? Like, there's a lot of stuff going around about trauma and emotional trauma. And oh, please. Tell us about trauma and the brain and the brain. Okay. Um, you know, before before I talk about brain, I realized something, um, something that has been also happening um a lot, like among my friends. So I, if they are listening to this, yeah, so <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know how like sometimes um when we have conversations um with friends and then you ask them a certain question. Uh, I mean, this is a simple thing. It happens to all of us. So it is not, this is not something serious, but it's like one of the examples that I feel everyone uh, needs to learn or understand. Or it's just something really interesting, which is, you know, sometimes when we we ask your friend this question, like, hey, do you remember like, like this actor who acted out in this movie? And then for some reason, like you, you know, this person like you you know his face and everything else but mm-hmm. but you just you just can't get the word out mm-hmm. so so this example itself is um to say that it's not that the information isn't in your head but you just cannot retrieve it under pressure so um what what um what's important that I need to tell everyone is our brain is actually a state-dependent functioning. Um, and what that means is that, you know, like when you are in a state of calm, you've got like a certain systems um, that you can actually use. So which means like, just imagine your brain um, is, a, is a city. Mm. So you know, like traffic lights, uh, you know, like roads are moving very, very smoothly, it's constantly working, but then it's, you know, like if something, when you are under pressure or like stress, everything shuts. So yeah. that means like if there's like a breakdown, like, you know, like a car breakdown, which means that like traffic cannot move. So by breakdown, that could also mean that it can mean anything. It could be like what you want to, want me to talk about like trauma or anything. Uh, like depression so that itself is the car that's breaking down that's stopping um traffic from moving right so so again like our brain is very state dependent we just you know like when we are when we are calm so everything is actually open like you have many you can use more areas of your brain better but even as important as if one one car breakdown it can stop everything so um so just i mean for example like even if you talk to someone um with their iq of like for example like 130 so they're very intelligent but if you put them under pressure Mm. they could actually their iq level is as if they they have an iq of like 105 which Mm. is that's almost like a huge drop. And it's not because um, that they have an IQ of like 105. It's because that if you put them under pressure, everything else is compromised. So which means that they can't think um, carefully if they are under pressure, under stress. Um, and yeah, that's also like um, 
something, and this is something important that I want everyone to remember, um, is that, you know, when your stress response system is activated, it mm. can shut down your brain. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so if someone is also, like, experiencing trauma and if they don't feel safe, which is highly... That's how it actually most um, patients actually feel, especially those with like PTSD or yeah. trauma. Most of the time, when they have flashbacks and everything else, there's a part of them that they feel unsafe. So, like they are always thinking that something bad is about to happen, or you know, like things is about to happen again. They just like all all of these flashbacks start happening, and that's when like the brain like the cortex is not open for business mm. because like the that what I said just now when something is under pressure or if there's any breakdown and all it it just uh, refuses to work so it can so basically like PTSD can affect us like our day-to-day life and the functions of the brain in multiple ways and this is like a little bit scientific but there are there are two parts of um, our brain especially those with PTSD um, that's actually affected which is your prefrontal cortex which is like the front part of your brain Um, mostly you know like um, okay let me let me say the three parts first so the prefrontal cortex the hippocampus and the amygdala so these three um these three parts um of your brain these all these areas actually help to regulate emotions and their response to fear mm. so you know like when someone is suffering from trauma mm. your brain um stops move, like stops working and it refuses to actually assess these three parts um, of your brain system, which then um, causing them to like have an inability to regulate their emotions and their response to fear. So, so yeah, I, I know. I mean, how you ex- I just explained that, right? Like the yeah. it's crazy how little things, little stresses can change how your brain functions i mean from just making it a little congested to total shutdown yes it's wild and this is why i'm so fascinated by the brain and i'm so lucky that i have you here um, a practitioner to explain to us why it is so so essential to look after our mental health as it impacts our brain and vice versa yeah so wow Yeah. yeah I know. So that's how um it actually affects. I mean, it's not just trauma. Again, like it could be any other um like mental health issues like depression and even anxiety. Anxiety yeah. is also big issues. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's something, especially anxiety, actually. Like I've seen it a lot, not just in patients, but even with close contacts who are actually having um you know, like having day-to-day anxieties um, in their life. So as much as, you know, like it's it's all, there's little things that we can do as friends, but what's most important is um, if you care about someone a lot and you know they are experiencing like any mental, um, I wouldn't say mental illness, but just like any signs that they are not, you know, they're not feeling their best. Mm. So at least um, the most important thing that we can do as a friend is to make them feel calm, um, make them feel um, happy, like do their happy things. I mean, it's hard. Like once once you are experiencing um, anything, like if, you have, you're, if you're experiencing depression or anxiety, the one thing that you probably hate people saying is that, you know, like, oh, you'll be fine, you'll be okay. You know, like, just, you know, you just need to forget about it and, like, move on. It's, it's not as simple as that. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand that. Um, and normally, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't 
do that i mean mainly because like i'm already um like i know exactly like how to deal with patients like that so i I wouldn't do that to my friends um but even even if i'm not like um in the even if i don't study neuropsychology there's something that i wouldn't do is to tell them that you know that that you're fine everything's okay it's just like you overthinking things because no it's more than just like overthinking that person um has experienced more than than just that so that's that's a really great advice like having support system is really important as well so this is also like the right time for me to say that um it's unrelated to brain but if you realize that you are I mean, the person or the people that you actually surround yourself with is very important. Um, so you, if you know that um, if someone just has a lot of negativity or like, you know, like giving a lot of toxic bites, um, you know that that's about time you actually learn to let them go as hard as it is you might be friends for many years but if that person isn't gonna um it's gonna bring out the best of you or like you know like challenge you to be your better self or happier self um and if that person is just gonna threaten your joy your happiness it's not worth the friendship because at the end of the day you need to focus again like focus on yourself first so always like make sure the support system that you have around you it's someone who's very supportive because um at the end of the day when you are you know when i mean hopefully not so i wouldn't wish um anything bad to happen to any of us at all but should something happen uh where it comes to a point that you don't know yourself anymore yeah so the people around you are the ones that's going to help um to you know like take your hand and get you up on your feet again yeah yeah so so yeah like really that's just powerful powerful yeah it's powerful make message sure, yeah make sure you just like um surround yourself with people who genuinely like wants the best for you yeah because it can that's like really beautiful yeah that's a very great message that I think a lot of people need to hear um, because you know sometimes um, we stay in relationships that we know have run its course or run their course and we choose to remain in dynamics that hurt us because we have been told that you know just loyalty or um, you know, keep fixing it for as long as you can until you, you know, but the, the problem with doing, with doing that is that we sacrifice our own mental health and we sacrifice our own happiness and contentment. And, you know, some people say that's selfish. Some people say that it might be a bit selfish to just leave a dynamic or leave a relationship, but as you have pointed out, I think it's um, it's a very difficult thing to do, but it if it is for your own mental health, which is so, so important, do it, right? Well, you actually know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you know, you're actually aware yeah. um, of what's actually going on. Help yourself as much as you can. Yeah. Um, yeah, when you yeah. know, and it's something, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you don't realize that this dynamic or relationship is impacting you mm-hmm. emotionally and mentally. And that's, you know, I think that's why I, you know, I think that's why a lot of people kind of are always stuck in these kinds of relationships. It's because they have not really taken the time or they have not been taught to really evaluate your relationships really evaluate whether they are bringing anything good into your life or whether they are inspiring you in any way and I'm not you know it's not about looking for friends who are perfect it's not about that at all but 
you don't need to sacrifice your happiness and your mental health for just to have friends. Yeah, very you know? true. It's always important um, to have the quality, not the quantity. Yeah, and I, I know you know this girl, Liana. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we have a mutual friend who is called Liana. And yeah, so I, you know, she is a very special friend to me. And, you know, we all need that friend who reminds us of, you know, real unconditional love. And we need friends who lift us up. We need friends who support us unconditionally, who listen well. So these are kind of, you know, growing up, we don't get told enough how important these qualities are in friends. If they can hold space for you, if they can motivate you when you're down or, you know, kind of call you out when you're, um, when you are kind of derailing a little bit or just love you so hard, you know, you, you're not told enough that you need friends like that around you. And so, you know, we get caught in toxic dynamics because we think that that is the best that we can get. But actually, like there is, there are better things that you can kind of create in your life to support your own happiness. Yeah, friends is like your chosen family. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So if you don't have your family, you know you have this friend that you can rely on. Doesn't I mean it doesn't have to be like a group of friends. It could that like what you say, you just need that one person. I'm yeah. sure we all have. I'm very very sure. If you if you think if anyone here thinks that they don't have friends like that, that's always me. So Aww. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to put all your links down below so anyone who needs a good friend they can get in contact with you. <laughs> yeah, um especially I mean if you if you live very close to me right now, I might just come with like cakes and everything else and meet you. <laughs> oh my god, no wonder Liana loves you so much. You're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh my flatmate always like complains a lot. It's <laughs> like are you trying to make me fat? I was like, no. <laughs> I just want to love you. <laughs> no, that's the best. That's the best kind of friend. <laughs> um, yeah, especially like you know, we have like all of us um have our different like love language. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Absolutely. Mine is acts of service. What is yours? <laughs> quality time. Oh, oh actually, um, it ties like quality time or physical touch. Um, so which like, you know, like sometimes like, I just don't if something um like even I mean as a neuropsychologist, um yeah. I, I have my ups and downs as well. <laughs> I, I'm a human oh, being. So you know, when I'm sad or anything like that, sometimes I just I don't need um someone to sit down to talk to me or do anything at all. Like as um as long as you maybe just give me a hug, that's like enough, like okay, I feel better now. Um absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I did say about sitting down, yeah. Quality time is important. So sometimes, like, if I know you're there, I feel calm, like, I feel more calm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so learn your, learn your friend's love language to everyone's um, watching or listening this. Mm, that's a great message as well. Yes, learn your friend's lo love language. And since you brought up that, even a neuropsychologist or neurotherapist can mm -hmm. have ups and downs. Mm -hmm. I am so curious, right? Um, so, you know, the, this podcast, uh, this interview, we, we want um, to learn that, or I, I well, we pause as, pa as part of, <laughs> why am I? <laughs> Why can't I talk suddenly? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> we want people to know that they're not alone, right? Mm. So how, so can you tell us, you know, something very personal to you, um, perhaps a time when you felt very vulnerable and how did you overcome that or deal with that? Okay. I don't think I've ever talked about this um, in public. 
a lot. I mean, I there are many things that happen in my life right. uh, in the past 31 years of my life. But I've never really talked about this a lot because most of the time, if someone asks me about the lowest time of my life, I would tend to talk about my accident. But, right. but I'm like, so I'm like, no, I don't think I want to address it. There's something more important that I realize um, that I haven't really talked about it. I mean, my friends knew, um, but it's actually something really important that I feel many of us could actually relate better rather than I talk about the accident because oh. not everybody um, go, go through that. Um, yeah. So basically, I want to talk about like my basically my failed relationships so that's something that all of us let's go there (laughs) um and something that I never really share about maybe we would need like another one year of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) I'd be happy to have another episode (laughs) okay but this like taught me a lot about relationships just not with um, a love like a romantic partner but it also taught me a lot about friendships as well because I realized that um, it's actually, you know, like related. So what happened is that um, about four years ago, I was actually, um, I ended, no, not I ended, like he ended, like um, a very long-term relationship. Which we, were, we were together for about eight years. Wow. So that's almost like, all of my life that I can remember, like since, I mean, like since teenager, like until towards, um, by teenager, I mean like at the age of 19. Yeah, and then things ended about four years ago. Um, so it was really hard, especially, um, especially like, you know, when, when you love someone so much, like you would love every bit of them. So the good, you know, like the good side, the bad side, everything, you've seen everything. And it have become a part of our lives. Um, almost, you know, like almost something that when we, when we lose it, it affects us a lot. So, so what actually happened? I mean, like if, since yeah, we are being very honest um, in this, like in this whole talk, um, is that, so after like all the eight years, um, the last the last few months he actually had to work overseas, so that's like our first like long distance um relationship. I feel like okay, I mean there are ups and downs in a relationship. It was if I were to say, I mean if I were to be honest at all, it was actually quite toxic because I've always been the person, the giving person. So, yeah, and okay. I thought like, okay, the more, the more you keep giving someone, um, yeah. giving someone love, it means that they will stay. Yeah. It means like, they will just like stick with us uh, forever. Like no matter how much you give them love, uh, what I learned is that it doesn't say much. Um, like it doesn't help much. If they want to leave, they would leave. So that's just how life um you know, that, that's just how life is. So, yeah, so he went back. Um, I know he went back. He, like, he, he worked. We were, we were separated for a few months. And then when I came to visit, I found out, like, he actually had cheated on me already. After, like, all this, like, eight years. So it was, like, mm. um, like, I traveled all the way there to find out, like, he has, you know, like, he has someone else within that few months. So I was, like, oh, my gosh. Like, I didn't see that coming. I mean, yeah, I know that he's not exactly um, the right person. But I thought, like, okay, maybe we've been together for a while. Um, giving up on the relationship is something that, you know, something not in the plan because you've, you've gone through so much and to to just end something especially after what you've gone through for a long time feels like a waste mm. I mean at that point that's what I feel mm. like I stay in a toxic situation mm. um because like I I feel like I don't deserve anyone anymore like I don't have anyone mm-hmm. outside like this is the only person for me or like this is the only friend for me mm-hmm. uh, so that's like not the right thinking about that so eventually like it 
um, it doesn't show much, uh, but I realized that it affects me in a way in other relationships as well. Like I keep thinking that yeah. that person would do the same thing. Yeah. Like that person would like abandon me. You know, like the fear of abandonment. Like you yes. don't deserve um, to be loved. And even, I mean, Yes. Yeah, like uh like what you say, like even with my with my line of job, I had that thought um like a few times. Like it takes it takes a lot. Um I mean I wouldn't say that I you know like I'm hundred percent better now, but I realized that I start to get really um like I start to think about like all those red flags. Yeah. Even you just like met this person, like to try someone fully. Um, it's so hard. Yeah. So, so I think this is something that everyone um can relate to. You know, when when we are, you know, when someone it's not just about abandoning you, like you know, betraying yeah. you in a way. So when you keep experiencing that, and I don't just mean like relationships, like I experienced friendships as well. Yeah. Like friends who for example like you are you know that like you've always been nice to them but then behind your back you found out yeah. that they, they say bad things about you yeah so even though sometimes like I really feel like it's unfair but it's not within our control at all yeah and that's what I learned that um even though that you know all of these cases actually um made me trust people less but at the same time um I realized that the only thing that I can change is that um is within myself so that's when um I learned I learned more to to focus on like improving myself um with a lot of things like like even um in terms of fitness especially fitness like it's something that <laughs> yes like you've probably seen me doing um a lot berries of and a lot of things <laughs> um or or even like I mean like yeah I think I always like uh to call even like on my Instagram uh profile I put like I think self-care queen or something yeah yes <laughs> so, I, yes yeah. Uh, at least most of most of my friends actually I didn't call myself that but I think they call me that because I'm always like doing something like pampering myself Aww. I love like doing those um like giving myself some good bath like good hot bath every night or um or like even going for a massage going for a walk is also self-pampering absolutely like, you know, like just being active doing something that you love um yeah I, I start to do a lot more of that um and then I realized that that's when I start to realize that there are other people who are generally like you know nice and deadly. Yes. so if you if you don't realize that in yourself you you can't see like the bigger picture yes mm. You know, your story, I'm sure, resonates with a lot of people who have had a difficult relationship or have had some kind of fallout with someone, which really woke them up in a sense, you know, Mm -hmm. woke them up, got them to question their worth, their value, Mm -hmm they are um like who they are um basically yeah. and i think that you know when we talk about self love and self care it's not really about um this selfish kind of nobody else matters kind of yeah. concept no we are talking mm-hmm. about when we love ourselves when we know how to love ourselves, we are teaching others how to love us. Yeah. And that is why we need to do this self-love, self-care thing. It's so that we can set a standard for oh, how no. other people treat oh, us. No, now I set the standard too high. 
the higher the better you deserve it you deserve it for everything that you are and everything you have been through oh Hira thank you so much Hira this has been such an such an awesome call and awesome talk and I'm sure a lot of people would have learned so much from everything that you have that you have shared can you tell us where um you know where everyone can find your work online um they can go to my instagram page i guess i mean like um i have a website but that's like mostly if anyone wants to do like a private consultation with me which is also on my instagram page like all the links is there okay Uh, you can look for me i am the mindful neuro so basically i also do um a lot of mindfulness um workshops at some point um, which I'm trying to do it like once um once a month or yeah once a month um starting from 2022 um it could be like online as well but if if you're in um London I'm actually doing more like in-person workshops which I wish you would be there at some point <laughs> I wish I was there this is yeah. the that would be the perfect workshop mm and um yeah so that's how um that's how you can find me or you can even like send me a dm or like message me if there's anything or if you need a friend to talk to so like i'm always very very happy uh to be your friend thank you Hira. i will put your instagram link in the description of this interview slash podcast um Thank you so much for sharing with us your amazing story, your insight, your work and the things that you have learned from your work. I feel so, so lucky to have you here today. And I and I actually want to have more chats with you because I think that there's a lot you can share. There's a lot you can tell us. Yeah, it's amazing. I wish, um, I mean, if we have more time, there's, there's just like too many things um to cover, which is I think um it's very interesting or something more insightful that people would, you know, like be helpful to everyone. Absolutely. Like, you know, today we kind of covered the kind of like an overview of things. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the basics. And you know, in future, in future chats, we can really kind of talk about the details a little bit more but then you know it'll be over many many um episodes so thank you Hira and we will see you again very soon thanks for having me bye you can find our work online on instagram twitter and facebook at pause universe and you can read our blog and learn more about who we are at mind-pause.com.